chapter thirteen of imperium in imperio by sutton griggs this librivox recording is in the public domain married and yet not married bernard was now at the very acme of fame he had succeeded in becoming the most noted negro of his day he felt that the time was not ripe for him to gather up his wealth and honours and lay them with his heart at viola's feet one afternoon he invited viola to go out buggy-riding with him and decided to lay bare his heart to her before their return home they drove out of norfolk over campostella bridge and went far into the country chatting pleasantly oblivious of the farm hands preparing the soil for seed sowing for it was in balmy spring about eight o'clock they were returning to the city and bernard felt his veins throbbing for he had determined to know his fate before he reached viola's home when midway the bridge he pulled his reins and the horse stood still the dark waters of the small river swept on beneath them night had just begun to spread out her sombre wings bedecked with silent stars just in front of them as they looked out upon the centre of the river the river took a bend which brought a shore directly facing them a green lawn began from the shore and ran back to be lost in the shadows of the evening amid a group of trees there stood a little hut that looked to be the hut of an old widower for it appeared neglected forsaken sad bernard gazed at this lonesome cottage and said viola i feel to-night that all my honours are empty they feel to me like a load crushing me down rather than a pedestal raising me up i am not happy i long for the solitude of those trees that decaying old house calls eloquently under something within me how i would like to enter there and lay me down to sleep free from the cares and divested of the jew-jaws of the world viola was startled by these sombre reflections coming from bernard she decided that something must be wrong she was by nature exceedingly tender of heart and she turned her pretty eyes in astonished grief at bernard handsome melancholy musing ah mr belgrave something terrible is gnawing at your heart for one so young so brilliant so prosperous as you are to talk thus make a confidant of me and let me help to remove the load if i can bernard was silent and sat gazing out on the quiet flowing waters viola's eyes eagerly scanned his face as if to divine his secret bernard resumed speaking i've gone forth into life to win certain honours and snatch from fame a wreath and now that i have succeeded i behold this evening as never before that it is not worthy of the purpose for which i designed it my work is all in vain mr belgrave you must not talk so sadly said viola almost ready to cry bernard turned and suddenly grasped 
viola's hands and said in a passionate tone viola i love you i've nothing to offer you worthy of you i can find nothing worthy attain nothing worthy i love you to desperation will you give yourself to a wretch like me say no don't throw away your beauty your love on so common a piece of clay viola uttered a loud piercing scream that dispersed all bernard's thoughts and frightened the horse he went dashing across the bridge bernard endeavouring to grasp the reins when he at last succeeded viola had fainted bernard drove hurriedly towards viola's home puzzled beyond measure he had never heard of a marriage proposal frightening a girl into a faint and he thought that there was surely something in the matter of which he knew nothing then too he was racking his brain for an excuse to give viola's parents but happily the cool air revived viola and she awoke trembling violently and begged bernard to take her home at once this he did and drove away much puzzled in mind he revived the whole matter in his mind and thoughts and opinions came and went perhaps she deemed him utterly unworthy of her there was one good reason for this last opinion and one good one against it he felt himself to be unworthy of such a girl but on the other hand viola had frequently sung his praises in his own ears and in the ears of others he decided to go early in the morning and know definitely his doom that night he did not sleep he paced up and down the room glancing at the clock every five minutes or so he would now and then hoist the window and strain his eyes to see if there were any sign of approaching dawn after what seemed to him at least a century the sun at last arose and ushered in the day as soon as he thought miss martin was astir and unengaged he was standing at the door they each looked sad and forlorn viola knew and bernard felt that some dark shadow was to come between them viola caught hold of bernard's hand and led him silently into the parlour bernard sat down on the divan and viola took a seat thereon close by his side she turned her charming face sweet in its sadness up to bernard's and whispered kiss me bernard bernard seized her and kissed her rapturously she then arose and sat in a chair facing him at a distance she then said calmly determinedly almost icily looking bernard squarely in the face bernard you know that i love you it was i that asked you to kiss me always remember that but as much as i love you i shall never be your wife never never bernard arose and started toward viola he paused and gazed down upon that beautiful image that sat before him and said in anguish o oh god is all my labour in vain my honours common dirt my future one dreary waste shall i lose that which has been an ever shining never setting sun to me viola if you love me you shall be my wife viola bowed her head and shook it sadly saying a power higher than either you or i has decreed it otherwise who is he tell me who he is that dare separate us and i swear i will kill him cried bernard in a frenzy of rage viola looked up her eyes swimming in tears and said would you kill god this question brought bernard to his senses and he returned to his seat and sat down suddenly he then said 
viola martin you are making a fool of me tell me plainly why we cannot be man and wife if you love me as you say you do bernard call here to-morrow at ten o'clock and i will tell you all if you can then remove my objections all will be well bernard leaped up eager to get away feeling that that would somewhat hasten the time for him to return viola did not seem to share his feelings of elation but he did not mind that he felt himself fully able to demolish any and all objections that viola could bring he went home and spent the day perusing his textbook on logic he would conjure up imaginary objections and would proceed to demolish them in short order he slept somewhat that night anticipating a decisive victory on the morrow when bernard left viola that morning she threw herself prostrate on the floor moaning and sobbing after a while she arose and went to the dining-room door she looked in upon her mother quietly sewing and tried to say in a cheerful manner mamma i shall be busy writing all day in my room let no one disturb me her mother looked at her gently and lovingly and assured her that no one should disturb her her mother surmised that all had not gone well with her and bernard and that viola was wrestling with her grief knowing that spats were common to young people in love she supposed it would soon be over viola went upstairs and entered her room this room thanks to viola's industry and exquisite taste was the beauty spot of the whole house pictures of her own painting adorned the walls and scattered here and there in proper places were articles of fancy work put together in most lovely manner by her delicate fingers viola was fond of flowers and her room was alive with the scent of pretty flowers and beautiful roses this room was a fitting scene for what was to follow she opened her tiny writing-desk she wrote a letter to her father one to her mother and one to bernard her letter to bernard had to be torn up and rewritten time and again for fast-falling tears spoiled it almost as fast as she wrote at last she succeeded in finishing his letter to her satisfaction at eventide she came downstairs and with her mother sat on the rear porch and saw the sun glide gently out of sight without a struggle without a murmur her eye lingered long on the spot where the sun had set and watched the hidden sun gradually steal all of his rays from the skies to use them in another world drawing a heavy sigh she lovingly caught her mother around the waist and led her into the parlor viola now became all gaiety but her mother could see that it was forced she took a seat at the piano and played and sang her rich soprano voice rang out clear and sweet and passers-by paused to listen to the glorious strains those who paused to hear her sing passed on feeling sad at heart beginning in somewhat low tones her voice gradually swelled and the full round tones full of melody and pathos seemed to lift up and bear one irresistibly away viola's mother sat by and looked with tender solicitude on her daughter singing and playing as she had never before in her life what did it mean she asked herself when viola's father came from the post-office where he was a clerk viola ran to him joyously she pulled him into the parlor and sat on his knee stroking his chin and nestling her head on his bosom she made him tell her tales as he did when she was a child and she would laugh but her laugh did not have its accustomed clear golden ring kissing them good-night she started up to her bedroom when at the head of the stairway she returned and without saying a word kissed her parents again when she was gone the parents looked at each other and shook their heads 
they knew that viola was feeling keenly on account of something but felt that her cheerful nature would soon throw it off but the blade was in her heart deeper than they knew viola entered her room fastening the door behind her she went to her desk secured the three letters that she had written and placed them on the floor a few inches apart in a position where they would attract immediate attention upon entering the room she then lay down upon her bed and put one arm across her bosom with her other hand she turned on the gas jet by the head of her bed she then placed this other hand across her bosom and ere long fell asleep to wake no more the moon arose and shed its sad quiet light through the half-turned shutters through the window-pane it seemed to force its way in in order to linger and weep over such queenly beauty such worth meeting with such an accursed end thus in this forbidden path viola martin had gone to him who said come unto me all ye that labour and are heavy laden and i will give you rest End of chapter thirteen